Fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joins as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, I like making lists. I know it's kind of like a fun little therapeutic, enraging thing. Oh yeah, because especially this one. This one was fucking hard. But I remember even look like thinking back to uh, like elementary school. I would be constantly making lists of like my favorite movies or favorite actors and updating my parents and be like, that's very nice, Brett. <laughs> I used to do the same thing with bands and stuff all the time too. So I get it. It's fun. We talked about doing this a long time ago, going decade by decade, but you know what? Let's just do the hardest one first. Yeah. You about get this one out of the way. Cause yeah, Jesus Christ. I finally like, I've been working on this thing for like 24 straight hours of last night. I finally like made my whole list of movies said like, okay, I think all of these will go on there. Now I'd like threw some extra on there too, just to like see which one comes, which one goes. And yeah. probably like half an hour ago, I was finally like, I need to stop working on this thing. This is what it is. Dude, I, I've been the same way. I had mine done for two days now, and I keep going back and changing it. I'll think randomly, no, this one's got to go, and this <laughs> one's got to move. So this is it. It's done. Here's the thing. This list is our 25 top 80s horror movies. Now, keyword, our 25 top. This is just our favorites. I'm not saying one is better than the other or anything like that. I'm not saying this is the definitive best, anything like that. This is Greg of the Dead, Brett from Dimension Z's. Top 25. These are our favorite ones. These are our top ones. Not that, like you said, not that, like, these are the uh, definitive list. Even when, like, Rolling Stone does their list of whatever, I'm still like, okay, that's still somebody's just opinion. Yeah, exactly. We're not trying to say these are the best. I mean, if you ask me, they are, but that's how it goes. All right, uh, another caveat to it. (laughs) I had trouble with some. Like, there's things that I definitely consider in the horror realm. Like, definitely we could cover on this show. But not to where I, if I'm making a list of the top 25 best 80s horror movies, the horror had to be enough in there. Like, for an example, I'm not saying this is or isn't on my list, but They Live is an action horror movie. I would consider that enough horror, though, to make it onto the list. Ghostbusters is a horror comedy. However, that one, I'm like, I don't think that the horror outweighs the comedy enough or is up there enough. So, full disclosure, I did not put Ghostbusters, for example, (laughs) on my list. Or Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. You know what I mean? I actually, that's a good, because just as you said, Ghostbusters isn't on yours. I almost put Elvira, Mistress of the Dark on mine. But I was also just looking at it. When I think top 25 favorite horror movies from the 80s, it's not one that, like, pops to mind exactly. Yeah, exactly. Was, so there are a few cuts like that that, like, honestly, I like those two movies. I name more than some of the movies on this list that I even put. But as far as horror movie lists, I did not include them. Right. All right. You ready to kick this thing off? Yes. Uh, who's going first? I'll, I'll take first if you don't mind. Okay. This. That's the other thing. People listen to the show enough, they know mine already. Because I've said it's my favorite <laughs> horror movie of all time, and it comes out in the 80s. So you'll be the more surprising thing. Uh, Well, I don't know. Maybe. We'll have to see. <laughs> Yeah. Alright, so number 25. Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. Oh, very nice. Love that movie. It's so great, because 
the first sleepaway camp is something magical. Like, let's be real. <laughs> but, and you change the cast up. I'm like, this is going to be like one of those stupid sequels that has nothing to do with the original hardly. It's almost a spit in the face of it. No, this movie is so fun. Angela is just on a tear and killing everyone this go around with just ridiculous over the top ways. Like, oh, should we say slight spoilers for everything? Oh yes, if spoil slight. Uh, we're not going to go super in depth into the movies, but we're going to say a little bit about each one, of course. So, like, I would say, yeah, if you haven't seen these, and we say one that you're like, oh, I still want to see that one, maybe skip like what a couple minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and we won't go crazy into it. Right. But there's a kill, like, where someone gets thrown into, like, an outhouse, and she makes them name everything that's in there before pushing her in, and, like, it's shoving her down with a stick. It's great. I love unhappy campers. Yeah, she comes back up, she's covered in slugs and shit, and also, like... <laughs> yeah, there's slugs down there. <laughs> and what's her name? Uh, something Springsteen? I forget. Uh, is it... Oh, is it... Pamela? Maybe. But she is just so no. great where uh Felissa Rose in the first one, like, of course, steals the movie. Like she's just good. Especially there at the very ending. That's mostly what it is. But yeah. her, like this new version of Angela, like you said, I love she just comes back, and then even in the third one, it's like spray painted on the wall, like Angela's back, and it's like <laughs> It's great. Everything's just cranked up to eleven, but I love it. Yeah. Well, my my number twenty five is I'm a vampire. Vampires kiss with Nicolas Cage. Was that in the eight? I always thought that was nineties. No, that's eighties. Uh, eighty eight. Okay. <laughs> okay, definitely then. But I love this movie. I wouldn't have made mine, but I get it. <laughs> I that's why it's number twenty five. Is I was okay. like, I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. This is probably one of the, like the biggest comedies on this whole list. Because it mostly is a comedy, but like I have a Vampire's Kiss shower curtain. I have it on VHS. I have it on DVD. I want to get it on Blu-ray. I don't have a 4K player, but I'll buy it on 4K. Nicolas Cage's performance in this is just so over the top of like, even when he's like not quote unquote a vampire, he's still like shouting, jumping on desks to the very end where he's all disheveled and just dragging around a piece of wood. I want those teeth. <laughs> yeah, I, I need vampire teeth. Goes to thrift store. Oh, I want those ones. Those ones are like $50. I don't have that much. I'll take the $5 plastic fangs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, excellent pick. I can't argue it. I mean, what if I wanted got? to, I might. I'm not going to argue it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was wondering about that one, and that's why I kind of put it at the very bottom. And I was like, I wonder if Greg will say anything about this one. No, I'll let that one go. I like the movie enough. Okay. My number 24 is the first trauma appearance on the entire list, and is The Class of Nukem High. Oh, excellent movie. Probably my favorite trauma movie. Uh, you told Lloyd that. You better not have lied to him. Well, it switches sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, Class of Nukem High is great. If you guys haven't seen it, I don't even know how i describe it. Like, a nuclear waste, of course, because it's Tromaville plant is right by a high school and starts like poisoning the honors club and turns them into like mad max freaks and there's also like a weird worm monster that a lady gives birth to a girl it's it's so insane you have to watch it at least once it's just a great trauma splat movie 
This, honestly, dude, I don't know why. The number 24 spot on my list changed so many times. There was a couple movies that almost made it in there, but I'm like, no, it's class of Nukem High. I cannot argue with that at all, because if you think about the 80s, like, that movie really, like, it's over the top. It's like, the colors are real flashy. It's a, It takes place in an 80s high school. Like, it screams it. Yeah, definitely. What do you got? Number 24 for you. Number 24 for me is Let's Buzz. <laughs> we got Slumber Party Massacre 2. I fucking knew it was going to be here. I'm not even <laughs> mad about it. Because it all, look, spoilers, it didn't make mine. It almost did. I had it written down with all my giant picks like before I started narrowing it down. But man, you want to talk about Stockholm Syndrome? It's me in this movie. <laughs> I hated it. I used to hate this movie, and now we talked about it so much, and I've watched it so many times, every time it's on, I love it now. Now you see where I was coming from with that very first episode, my love of it. It's because it grows on you. Oh, yeah. Once you get over... And you know what? When I watch it still, I still don't like how many dream sequences there are. It really does wear on you, watching it. But man... When it kicks in, it fucking kicks. It's like, let's go! When it finally kicks in. Oh, yeah, they're at the very, like, towards the end, when, like, I think even the driller killer goes, like, it's showtime, and he looks right at the camera, and, like, the lights kick on, the music kicks on, he starts singing Let's Buzz, he starts dancing. That's where the movie gets amazing. Dude, I've never been a sports guy, but I imagine, like, when your team's about to make, like, the play to win the game or whatever like and everyone's on the edge of their seat you know, let's do this that's what i'm like wait says, it's showtime that's every single time he does it yes oh i 100 percent. we're like i even like just putting that clip on youtube and listening to it while i drive around yeah what was that your 24 yes all right my number 23 is night of the demons okay i've only ever seen that one one time oh i love it it's it takes place on Halloween, which, let's be real, I'm probably going to try to sneak it in this October. But it, a group of kids go party at this creepy haunted place, and demons start possessing them. There's a scene where Linnea Quigley pushes lipstick into her nipple. Yes. It's like, and it absorbs it. It's really weird. But man, this movie's great. Um, you see someone get their neck snapped and put in a casket and someone else's arm broken in said casket. It's so bizarre. Like... I don't know if it's a good movie, per se, but it's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, it's one, like, I'm definitely, I hope you do put it on the list for this October, because I've only ever seen it one other time. I remember not overly enjoying it that much, but there's so many oh, of these movies yes. that, that I say that to. The very first time I saw Malignant, I didn't really like it, and I watched it again, and I loved it. Okay, well, that's what I hope will happen for Night of the Demon. Yes. Alright, what's your 23? A movie that I just recently saw for the very first time, and I loved it so much it had to go on my top 25 list, Fright Night. Oh, hell yeah. Excellent movie. Which, I've only ever seen it now, like, one full time all the way through. I've seen, like, some clips here and there. So if you remember back in the day when AMC did all 31 days of Halloween, they had to fill a fuck ton of hours with movies, and they show everything. And this is one of them that I would see like bits and pieces of, but never the full thing. But I love it so much because it's basically like a horror host versus real vampires. That's why I'm surprised you never watched it before. It seems right up your alley. It, it is like classic vampires, yeah. horror hosts, as like 
in the dawn of slashers, no one cares about the old monster movies, and this guy's like downtrodden and has to fight a vampire. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I love even like he gets fired, and that's how the kids like get him to help them. It's like we'll give you five hundred dollars. He's like, okay, sold. Peter Vincent. Yes, excellent movie, and uh, one I cannot wait to watch again, and will hear very soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, where were we at? Number 22? 22. Yes. Look, we knew this franchise was showing up on this list, Brett. I have Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. Uh, the first one to break ground on this list. <laughs> yeah, we knew this guy was showing up. We were seeing that deformed lake boy at some point. Yeah, final chapter. I mean, is there in, is there any other character in the 80s that, like, took over horror for so, for basically the whole decade? Yeah, only two of them, and the other one, at least on mine, will show up at some point. I can't, too. I can't think but of yeah. any other ones. I can't. Not. Oh, I know you're gonna mind. bring this up, but yeah, the final chapter I think is a fucking masterpiece. I love this movie so much to the point I'm so glad it didn't. If they would have ended it there, I would have been like, "Bravo, well done." I'm so glad they didn't. But yeah, it's great. This is the last human Jason. Yeah, Corey Feldman tricking him into dying. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah, I love like Corey Feldman at the very end. He has to rush to save his sister. So he's shaving his head. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. The kills in this are pretty brutal too. I like it, especially for those early Friday movies. Yeah, Final Chapter is one of my top Friday movies. Look, also, anyone who listened to that first episode we did, I put zero thought into that. I didn't even know I was going to be a regular person on this show. So yeah, I put eight. I love that movie, but yeah, no, it's not eight. Final chapter. Yeah, a lot has changed since that very first episode. And do not listen yeah. to it. Yeah, please don't, because it's our second highest played episode, and I'm like, stop listening to this. Why would you go to the very first episode? That's where we're figuring out our shit. There's no Count of the Dead, there's no ratings from Dimension Z, there's no real yeah. characters. Listen to the new good stuff. Exactly. But yeah, Friday the 13th, part 4, final chapter, thankfully it wasn't. That was my 22. Yeah, like you said, 1 through 4, if that's all we got, how solid of like a movie group would that have been oh yeah and you know what when five came out if i was like watching these as they came out I'm like they should have fucking left it at four <laughs> yeah if there was no six to redeem it it would have been like god damn it they had to do it yeah exactly i would have been pissed i like they should have left them dead <laughs> uh we're at what 22 yeah, this will be your 22. All right, my number 22 is uh, The Gate from 1987. Great horror-slash-metal movie about demons. I've never seen it, so this is the first one on our list I haven't seen, so sell me on it. Oh, really? It's basically like, okay, like, it's these two middle school kids who are, like, best friends, and they're really into, like, heavy metal music. And they... Okay. The one kid has, like this battle vest on but it's way too big for him <laughs> so it's like really funny because it's like this little kid in this oversized vest and he's obsessed with i forget what the uh band's name is off the top of my head but he's obsessed with this band where they made one album and then they all died it's mysteriously and well and then for some reason the other kid has a hole in his backyard and of course that's where the demons are going to come from but it's great okay. stop motion demons. I love it's like the classic 
almost Monster Squad-esque of, like, the kids gotta rally together and stop the force that could literally, like, wipe out the entire world. Okay, I love and hate those. Sometimes they're great Stranger Things. Other times, they're good enough Monster Squad, but Jesus, call an adult. Yeah, exactly. But I even love, like, the, um, her, her... Uh, the kid's sister is, like, babysitting, so the parents are away at, like, a party. So that's why they can't get to the adults. Like, telephones don't oh. work. I see. <laughs> but it's definitely worth checking out. It's a great 80s movie. You got kids running around trying to solve the caper. If you're in the mood for that kind of movie, you're going to like it. Okay, what to put on the list sometime. I'll watch it. Yeah. Next 21, right? Yes. Alright, this is one I'm fairly confident will be a crossover on our list. In fact, I would bet a large sum of money on it. But 21 is Basket Case. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, I, it's on my list, but I won't say where. I, I figured it most definitely will be. Look, if you want to hear us gush about Basket Case, we did a bonus episode with Terry Susan Smith from the movie. But man, if you haven't seen Basket Case, do yourself a solid. It's... Look, it's no secret. I can spoil what he is, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't, it's over. It's forty years old this year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. So Belial is this weird conjoined twin that looks like a mashed potato monster that Dwayne keeps in a basket, and all kinds of fun hijinks <laughs> ensue from that point. But yeah, do yourself a favor. Watch Basket Case. It's disgusting. It's brutal. There's a very cool death effect with someone with a thousand scalpels shoved in their face. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, Terry Susan Smith is in it. She's like this punk rock woman that like is really good in it. She does a great impression of a typewriter. <laughs> of a mouse stuck in a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so 21 Basket Case. Nice. I wonder if we'll hit any movies that hit the same spot. Then I'll be pretty happy if I'm, we have any of that. I'm wondering that as well, and I'm I'm curious to see where it happens. I'm guessing it's going to happen closer to the top ten. Yeah, because th- those ones will be more obvious. Right. So what, uh, mine 21? Uh, this would be your 21, yes. Okay. Uh, the first uh, Italian horror on my list, Demons by Loberto Bava from 1985 again i have not seen this one okay um so basically mysterious man walks around quote unquote the united states of america italy (laughs) and hands out free tickets to this new movie that's going to be showing and he hands it out to a pimp and his ladies he hands it out to like just normal people like just like people in suits um, all kinds of de- like young, younger girls, older guys. Everyone gets a ticket. It's a very diverse group of people, and basically okay. they go inside the theater, and then the theater locks, and they start watching the movie, and the movie causes demons to come out. <laughs> oh hell yeah! And basically, there's not a whole lot of uh. Is it story to get in the way of the plot or plot to get in the way of the story? I forget which way it goes. Plot to get in the way of the story. Okay. Um, But it's a lot of great running around, um, demon transformations. There's a random helicopter that comes out of nowhere. I'm not going to say how that affects the movie, but it just happens. And it's just a fun time, especially being under 90 minutes. You're going to have a good time. Is this the same demons movie that was like... 
super controversial and like the actual cut wasn't seen until like the 2000s like the original cut possibly is this that demons i it could be because this movie is fucking brutal as shit yeah i wonder if that because i've i've listened to a podcast and they were talking about movies like that and demons was brought up a lot i wonder if it's the same one it could be but yeah i would highly recommend checking out demons if you haven't heard of it or seen it and i hope to one day do it on the show okay Dude, I'd be down. It sounds good. Oh, it's good. (laughs) All right, we're getting to number 20 for me, a movie that we have covered on the show, Child's Play. Okay, very nice. Uh, I love Child's Play. Chucky just fucking is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I think Child's Play is great because people I know who are like, I'm fine with slashers, are terrified of Chucky. I don't know why, how he pulls it off, but he still has that effect on people. Well, even, and Chucky has staying ability and, like, lasting power, to the point of me and Liz yesterday were grocery shopping, and there was this, I'm guessing she was probably, like, six years old or something, this little girl in a cart with her Chucky doll beside her, and then the parents had to keep being like, now let me move Chucky to the new cart, because it was at Aldi's and they switch out the carts, and the kid's just like, okay, but be careful, and... (laughs) Dude, and, like, here's the thing. A lot of, like, these movies that we love the franchises of, the first one's honestly weak in a lot of them. Yeah, I would Child's agree. Play, for a movie about a doll, should be the jankiest, worst-looking thing in the world, and it holds up incredibly well, if you ask me. Like, I don't even look at it and think, oh, those are dated effects. I'm like, no, those are solid. No, it still looks amazing. I love... Have you seen the picture of it's the evolution of Chucky's head from the very beginning yeah. of the movie to the very end, and he becomes an alcoholic, basically? Yes. But even definitely. that, like, the uh, attention to detail with even just that. Oh, it's great. Um, movies should be watched by everyone, I think. Like, anyone who likes slashers definitely needs to watch Child's Play once. Oh, very much. It's one of my favorite franchises from the 80s. Oh, definitely. It's one, like, that also has the best cohesive story throughout it. Like, entry one to the most current, including the current TV show. Most best continuity, like, almost out of any franchise. Yeah, except for the one with Mark Hamill and Aubrey Plaza, which... Well, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I love that it's just the continuous storyline, because I'm a sucker for that. Definitely. What do you got? What's your 20? My number 20 is Sleepaway Camp, the very first one. Hell yeah. Uh, can't argue with it whatsoever i mean you think 80s that shot of angela with no pants on by the lake and making that face like that comes up in so many 80s documentaries anytime they talk about the 80s usually that comes up for at least a snippet and there's a reason why of it's just such a batshit movie like angela's like brother is running around the whole time like leave her alone fuck you Her cousin. Her cousin, yes. yeah. Um, the, there's like the shortest shorts of any guys have ever worn. Where like they bend over, they're fucking hanging brain at some point. Oh, definitely. But, Man, and you remember how much fun we had going to a drive and watching Sleepaway Camp? It was the best like movie in the world to watch after you've seen it. To go see it like at somewhere like that. We were having the time of our life watching that movie. It was awesome in a group. Oh, yeah. And I also would have to say I'm a little biased just because we've met 
Felissa Rose a couple separate times, and each time she could not have been any nicer. She is the nicest person in the the entire world. Oh yeah, definitely one of the best people you can meet at like cons or anything. One where like any time I she would be at a con, I would say I would want to go meet her again just to like talk to her for a little bit again. Because it's always yeah, pleasant. Definitely. You walk away and you're like, because she has such an upbeat attitude, it like rubs off on you and like the rest of your day is just a little better. <laughs> definitely. Alright, well what you got for uh, 19? My 19 is that other guy who you said, I can't think of anyone else's first appearance on the list. We're talking Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors! As much as I fucking hate that song, I love the movie. <laughs> yeah, that song is just so cheesy. Oh, it's, I hate it. I hate that song so much. And it gets stuck in my head anytime I watch this movie, and it's terrible. But, man, this is top nightmare. Like, this is right up there with the original. Like, I think you could watch original and Dream Warriors and call it a day if you'd want. Yeah, as far as nightmare movies go, the first three are the ones that I enjoy the most. After that... I mean, my favorites are 1, 3, and 4, but I know what you mean. Yeah, like, I still love 2, as you, if you want to hear me gush about that one, listen to our episode on it. Um, It's just a lot of fun. 3, I can't argue, this is another one that comes up on lists of the 80s all the time, of like, oh, because, I mean, even though I'm not the biggest Nightmare fan, I don't really like Freddy that much. He's an icon of the 80s. Oh, 100. Yeah, you. I know that you're not a big Freddy fan, but you would be so full of shit if you didn't at least admit that. I'm glad you did. I have to, I guess, admit that he's popular. <laughs> yes. Dude, 3 also has one of my favorite moments in the world because of you, where there's a scene where Nancy's at a funeral, I won't say for who, but she is dressed like she's a lady in a saloon in the Old West, <laughs> and it makes me laugh so hard every time I sent you a snap, and you sent back, draw, Freddy, and I, every time I see that now, that's all I think about, I laugh for like 10 <laughs> minutes anytime I see that scene now because of you. It is just like, yeah, you send me a random Snapchat. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm already like, you know, of several old Germans in. It's just like offhanded comment. It's come up so many times. <laughs> yeah, Heather Langenkamp was recently at a con in our area. I didn't go. But if I did, I'm like, I want to print out that picture and tell her to write Draw Freddy, but I don't know how to explain it. It's like, no, my friend like Snapchatted me at 11 p.m. when he was drunk and I thought it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my number 19. What do you got? I have uh, The Return of Norman Bates, Psycho 2, with one of the... has to be... One of the least likely, but all, most awesome sequels. Like, could you imagine doing a sequel to Psycho? Being like, oh, it's yours. Here, you do it. And they're like, okay, well, at least we got Norman Bates back. But it's, God, this is a good movie. Because I love... It's crazy that it happened. It's even crazier that it's good. Yeah, I love what they do with it. They even still make it a, like, whodunit. Because the entire time you're like, oh, Norman Bates is the killer, of course. And then, spoilers, it, he's not the only killer. He does kill in the movie. But I love, like, I mean, I said spoilers. At the very end, the, like, new old woman shows up. And it's like, oh, I'm your mother. Immediately kills her. And puts her in the window. <laughs> Dude, I love the part where it's like, someone says, like, I would have killed them. It's like, oh, I don't kill people anymore. And this is that, like, awkward moment. 
<laughs> you know, he's just working at a diner now in town. And the townspeople are like, ah, he did his time. Leave him alone. The crazy thing about this is it came out so long after the original that he had aged as long as well as the movie had aged the like proper time for them to be playing these roles again and everything. So it kind of worked out like, yeah, that's the prison sentence he did. He's out now. And that's how long it's actually been. Yeah, I enjoy how they kind of work that into the story of just like, okay, we like took Norman Bates out of the 60s. Now he's in the 80s. And the fact they got Anthony Perkins back and then he directed the third one. I just picked this movie up, like, a week ago. Like, I went to Ides in Pittsburgh and got, like, a big DVD haul because they were having their sale, and I got Psycho 2. Oh, have, you, uh, have you ever seen it before? Yeah. Okay, it's so fucking good, man. Like you said, like, I cannot wait to one day cover it on the show. I've, that one might even be a before Psycho, like, the first one. We might oh, just no, we got to do them in order. Okay. I'd be down for a double feature, though. Because I see Psycho as the like, same as, like, Jaws, of, like, everybody's talked about it, about every single thing. <laughs> Dude, you're right, though. It is hard to, like, come up with anything new to say about those, like, overly done ones. But Psycho 2, bravo, you did the impossible and made it where there's a Psycho 3, there's Psycho 4, there's that uh, Bates Motel TV show, which is actually pretty decent. Yeah. Dude, it came close to making my list, I won't lie. I thought about putting it on. What do you got for 18? Uh, 18, I have another movie that we have done, An American Werewolf in London. Oh, very nice. A, a naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> Dude, I, look, I'm going out on the limb and saying I think this is the best werewolf movie. It's at least my personal favorite werewolf movie of all time. I would probably put it at number two right behind the Wolfman. Yeah, and no, no one's going to argue if you pick Wolfman <laughs> above it, because it's, you know, the granddaddy of them all. But man, American Werewolf in London, transformation sequence alone makes this, like, one of the best movies you can ever watch, especially if you're a practical effects fan. Oh, yeah, and like we said during our episode about it, the transformation's so good, you can basically feel it yourself. Oh, the what you're seeing and what you're hearing, another thing, like, when you're watching it. Like, the sounds for when his feet are stretching out are so disturbing. Yeah. And it's the, great. The bones cracking and shit, it basically, or lengthening or whatever they're doing. Like, oh, yeah, it's disgusting. In the best way. <laughs> we just got to meet David Non recently, so that was cool. I, I'm looking at a poster signed by him right now. Yeah, and he was really awesome. Like, he was really nice and, like, joking around and stuff. Yeah, he's written the world famous balloon thief. <laughs> and I love him. He's sitting there like, oh shit, how do I spell balloon? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's my number 18. What do you got? I have, um, and for some reason, on the list of John Carpenter movies, so often people put this one near the bottom and they don't like it, but I love it. The Fog. Oh, I was just talking to you about watching this the other day. Yes. Like, I know they're not exactly pirates, but how can you argue with, like, Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis fighting ghost pirates? You know why I think people argue against it? Uh. It's Tom Atkins without a, a mustache, which just seems ungodly. Like, it's not good. Like, something is immoral about Tom <laughs> Atkins without a mustache. It's like if you took the chin away from Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it's just not right. I'm I'm watching it the whole time. I'm like, who are you? But he is still the Mac Daddy, even without a mustache, mustache, and bags Jamie Lee Curtis. 
Immediately. Like, hi, I'm a hitchhiker. Oh, get in my car. Immediately they go to Plowtown. Yeah, dude. And the thing is, I hadn't seen this movie until this year in January when I had COVID and I was at home and I had nothing to do. And I watched The Fog and I think I fell asleep like during half of the middle of it. And so just recently I rewatched it full way through. It's a really good movie. Oh, yeah, it is definitely very dreamlike kind of in the middle. Like I love like Adrian Barbeau owns like the radio station that overlooks the ocean. And she's, like, the narrator throughout the entire thing of, like, the fog's coming down Main Street! Watch out for the fog! <laughs> Janet Lee's in this? Like, we were talking about Psycho just a minute ago. Yeah, dude, this movie's great. Like, I, I'm mad that I never watched it before, but I'm really glad I finally have. Yeah, it is fucking awesome. And that's another one that's like, I can't wait to do it. <laughs> Well, speaking of Tom Atkins, he wasn't in this one, but he was in the first one. My number 17 is Maniac Cop 2. Oh, very nice. Dude, look, the first one's great. Like, anyone who watches Maniac Cop is going to have a good time, I think. But holy shit, in part two, do they turn it up like crazy? There is a burning scene in part two that goes on for where I am concerned for the stuntman in the 80s. I'm like, is he okay? <laughs> like, watching this, like, go on. And... He's just back with a vengeance, Cornell, and killing everybody this time. Maybe it's the same reason I like Sleepaway Camp 2 that I was talking about earlier, because I'm saying all the same shit. Yeah. But yeah, Maniac Cop 2 is great. Despite what they do to one of my favorite actors, I, that should say something. They do that, and I still love this movie this much. Right. And Robert Zadar is just so awesome as the Maniac Cop. What's his name? I forget. They say it a million times throughout the entire Matt Cornell. That's it. Where Robert Zadar with that chin, it's the battle of the chins with Bruce Campbell and him. Yeah, and look, no offense against the original spoiler didn't make my list, but part two, ah, chef's kiss, I love it. And, and part three, I believe it was released in the 90s, so of course it doesn't count for this list, but it's just so even more batshit crazy. Of There's like, he's on fire, and his car's on fire, and he's doing a car chase, and it goes on for way longer than it should to the point of the fire goes out. Part three is where he wants the bride, right? Yeah, for no reason, because they have to do like, <laughs> oh, it's the bride of Maniac Cop now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my 17, Maniac Cop 2. Well, for my 17, boy, I have Phantasm 2. Oh, I almost called you. I almost said this is throw it out the window. I'm like Phantasm seventies. I gotcha. Okay, yes. Phantasm two. I got it snuck in there. It's the only one I could because there's the seventies, this one in the eighties, a couple in the nineties, and the one that was in like 20, 2016, I think. Yes, but even though they recast Mike with a new Mike, we, this is what the entire series kind of turns into from here on out which is like a road trip kind of movie of Reggie is going from uh, town to town, chasing the tall man, Angus Scrim, which I mean, fucking excellent horror villain. He gets to do even more in this one. The uh, gore gets hyped up in this one. I love the one scene where they go into the hardware store and they like completely ransack the place and like are about to steal stuff. But then red good guy, Reggie, like, puts $2,000 in the cash register. Dude, I always say, like, I like Phantasm, but I really don't like the first one that much, if I'm being honest. I just, I know it sets up everything that we get. Two, to me, is my Phantasm one. 
Like, that's where I start when I'm watching through them now. So, like, two's great. I'm not going to argue with you in the slightest about this. Yeah, I love two so much. And it goes, like, I, it jumps the series into what I really like about the series is the road trip factor and making Reggie the main person. Yeah. Um, why is two never streaming on anything? One, not two. Then three through Ravenger are always streaming. I can never find two on anything. There is a different company that did two and dumped a whole lot of money into it, and uh, Don Coscarelli doesn't actually own it himself anymore. Okay, that's probably why. Then. Yeah, so that's why. Like, I even love when Joe Bob showed him. Uh, he did the fan all the Phantasm movies for Christmas, and he said the reason that he didn't show two is because they blew up a Hemikuda, and he's against that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just one last thing you know me and my hatred of cars i don't just like not like cars of just like oh I'm, they're just not my thing i actively hate them but i know the car in phantasm's the hemikuda because it's fucking badass <laughs> oh, dude, that's like me you know i know the delta yeah. i know delorean i know a few other famous cars it was always funny too it seemed with the phantasm and the evil dead series like it was like oh well evil dead has a double barrel shotgun well phantasm has a four barrel shotgun like yeah evil dead has the <laughs> delta well we have a hemi cuda that's actually illegal to drive on the road <laughs> Dude, i love like all the 80s directors pissing matches all in good fun like back and forth with everything oh and this is another one where we get a great little nod i believe it's in this one where um sam raimi's ashes are like being dumped out where like they even sh- take the time to show the urn with his name on it, and then they'd, like, dump it all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that was your 17. Yes. My 16, another repeat, so I won't even say too much on it, was Fright Night. Very nice. So, yeah, everything you said and what I said earlier, this movie's a lot of fun. It's It takes the vampire stuff you know and pretty much sticks with that, but just the added of... This one kid who knows what's going on and everyone thinks he's crazy. They hire the horror host to come talk him <laughs> out of it, but it turns out to be real. It's so over the top and would never happen, but it's fun. I love that it's a real life threat. And he's like, what do I do? Oh, yes, my favorite horror host. What would he do? Yeah. <laughs> and they actually get him. It's like a me sitting here being like, huh, there's like a werewolf next door. What should I do? I should watch Svengoolie. <laughs> yeah, have Sven Gulli come to your house to tell you you're wrong, but then he actually has to fight a werewolf. It's like, what you want to do is throw rubber chickens at him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for 16? Alright, 16, I have John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, look, me saying excellent choice does not do it enough justice. The Thing is perfection. There's several movies you think of when you think of amazing practical effects. Like, you probably think of The Fly... You think of The Thing, of course. Um, what's one that we just talked about that had great ones, too? I thought we, uh, I forget. Well, we just, I mean, we just did one that's not out yet. Hatchet. Yeah, Hatchet. Um, even look at, like, all the Savini stuff in the 80s. But The yeah. Thing is always almost up there as the crown jewel of the 80s, like, special effects. And... To go along with the special effects is a really good, solid story that doesn't get in its own way, and it's very simple. I think it's the combination of bloody and wiggly that makes it so, like, yeah. great. And like, melty. practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something, like, when you see a dog turned inside out and, like, 
shoot like weird little tendril things all over the place. Yeah, it's gross and I love it. I always feel so bad for those dogs in that cage. I do too, except for the first one because it's not a dog. It's no. a thing. It's just the most cuddly. It's like if thing. If you stay this form, you can live with me, and I will take care of you. Don't go alternately, because then I'm going to get rid of you. But if you stay cute yeah. and cuddly, we're good. Definitely. Don't try to take me over now. I was going to say, as far as story-wise, it's, like I said, very simple. I also love the one scene where, um, is it Wilford Brimley is in this movie, right? Yeah. Where he's, yeah. he's the one that's sitting out in, like, the garage. They, like, uh, isolate him, and they open up the hatch. He's like... I'm okay. I would like to come in now, please. And he's just sitting in front of a noose. Yeah, it's <laughs> dark as hell. I think this movie's also probably does paranoia better than any other movie has ever done it. Oh yeah, like that testing scene with the blood is like you're on the edge of your seat basically the whole time. Yeah, and man, what a bummer of an ending. Yeah, but it's also so f- I love the ending of it's just those two sitting there being like I wonder if one of us is the thing. Because that's led to, even now today, you will still see debates on Twitter and stuff of which one of them was the thing. Well, uh, the other one, like, you didn't see his breath, but you can see Kurt Russell's breath. and Yeah, it's great. You can analyze this movie to death, and it has been, and all for good reason. Yeah. Alright, number 15... We ha- we're starting to get to a bunch that we've already hit. The original Sleepaway Camp. Very nice, yes. So everything we said earlier, this movie's so fun. Look, here's the thing. Watch it twice. The first one for the what the fuck, <laughs> the second time for the I love this. Yeah, for the enjoyment factor. You already know what's going to happen, and you can just like strap in and get ready for a fun time. You're like, oh, there's Molester the Cook. There's the cigar-smoking comb-over man. There's Annoying Boy. Oh, my God. There's her first words, goodbye. Dude, we didn't even mention Judy, the worst girl in the world. This movie's great. Judy's side ponytail died for our sins. Dude, she wears a shirt that just says, Judy. (laughs) Dude, how great is this movie? Just in case if you forgot... Yeah, dude, I love Sleepaway Camp, and I I wear a t-shirt all the time of it. It's just one of my favorites. And like you said about Molesty the Cook, just how they treat it, it's just so horrible. It goes around to being funny, of where he's like, look at all that young chicken. And it's like, yeah, you wouldn't know what to do with them. They're a little young for you. And he's like, "Ah, no, they're not. And they go, oh, you... Yeah, they're like, oh, there he goes again. Oh, he's taking the kids into the back room. Dude, someone says, I gotta take a mean shit, and then gets locked in a bathroom stall and killed with a beehive. Dude, you have to watch Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, could not say enough good things about it. So, what's your 15? Uh, Happy, happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. I got Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I've been waiting all of your list for Season of the Witch to show up. Oh, holy shit. You want to talk about one of my favorite Halloween movies, even like Halloween movies for the series and just Halloween in general as a genre of like, this is a movie I have to watch on the 31st every year. Dude, I mean, I don't blame you at all. I usually, I don't, this isn't one that actually usually makes my actual Halloween watch. This is always the build up to Halloween. 
Yeah, but I love the soundtrack. It's got Tom Atkins in it again, which, I mean, you can't argue with that. I love how his big plan is, like, he's a doctor who's, a like, basically a drunk, and he's always either drunk or hungover. And before he goes and does anything, he's always either like, well, I gotta stop and get beer. Oh, look, there's a bar. I need to stop in there real quick. Um, he's even running when they go to... Uh, the silver shamrock factory town. Like he's on the phone with his wife is like, honey, I just got to go and hangs up with her and grabs a six pack and runs down the street. Dude, Halloween three supplied me probably my favorite gif in all of horror is Tom Atkins screaming at the TV. It's my favorite gif. I think in any horror movie. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so do you think this movie would have been more well received if it was just called season of the witch? I, we all yeah. know the whole history right. and everything. Do you think it would be like a classic now? People are finally coming around to it in like the past 10 years. But do you think it would always have been that way if it just was never called Halloween? I think it would have helped it so much more if they didn't attach the Halloween name to this. But I love what Carpenter's idea was of every year just doing new movie about Halloween. Like it takes place around Halloween time. How cool was that? But people... I think they could have did it if they didn't do Halloween too. I think yeah. that's what screwed him on. If they would, if this would have been Halloween too, I think it would have went fine. Well, you know, Michael is in this movie. Oh. I know. <laughs> yeah, just like Kane Hodder's and Freddy versus Jason. I know. Yes, yes. it counts. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a fun batshit movie. I love that it's like an Irish horror movie because it's all about like runes again and it's like Stonehenge and they stole a Stonehenge brick that gives people power. <laughs> I love Colonel It's so Br- convoluted it shouldn't work but yeah, it does. It's just batshit crazy and this like I don't know if John Carpenter did cocaine but if he did it's Halloween 3. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So my number 14, if we're talking about songs that get stuck in my head, go, da, 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 is Gremlins. Oh, yes. I was figuring that this one would show up on your list. Oh, you knew this one showed up on my list. I love Gremlins. And uh, time constraints don't allow me to put the new batch on here. But yeah, the original makes it. Yeah, definitely. It's weird. It's a Christmas horror movie, I guess. But it's one that I don't feel weird watching outside of the Christmas season. Because I don't think it focuses on it so much. That just seems to be the time of year it is. Well, it's not like Silent Night, Deadly Night, where it's a killer Santa. It just so happens to take place during Christmas. And they don't—they mention it a couple times, kind of, about like presents and stuff, and you see decorations. But other than that, it's just like snowing. Yeah, exactly. It's a winter horror movie. But you want to talk about a great gateway into horror. Like you said Ghostbusters earlier, and Gremlins. Well, that's why I tried to say, like, with the Ghostbusters without giving away. Gremlins, I think, still focuses on the horror side enough that I don't feel weird including it at all on this list. That's, like, the other side of that coin. To the point of when I, like, bring up body horror and melt movies, I still bring up Slime Gremlin. Oh, yeah, and just Spike melting at the end and everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's my 14. What do you got? Um, well, we just uh, covered it not too long ago, The Fly. Fuck, I'm going to reveal my next one. We were so close to lining up. My 13 is the fly. Oh, very nice. Okay. But like we said, I mean, you can hear us talk all about it on the episode, but A-plus melt movie, it's right up there with the thing on body horror, a movie that traumatized me as a kid to the point of I couldn't sleep all night that night 
after watching this, and to this day, I will watch and still be like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, just shoot them already. Yeah, look, there's so much you can focus on, and everyone will do the body horror, which, rightfully so, Cronenberg's doing his thing that he does perfectly, but, like, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum are acting their ass off in this movie, and, like, make me feel bad for this dude who's mutating into a bug, and I buy into the story because they're so good at it. Everything about this movie, it went into the Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame. We both gave it a perfect score. Oh, yeah, and it 100% deserves to be in there. I should also mention that if you, anyone, like, listening to, you guys rated this higher than this, but your rating's lower. These are just my favorites. Doesn't mean anything about quality. Exactly. But, yeah, The Fly is a perfect quality movie. Yes. Even though I have ones above it that probably shouldn't technically be, don't care. Exactly. <laughs> That's my point, too. Exactly. But that was my your 14 and my 13. So what's your 13? Uh, Well, very fitting to have a Friday the 13th movie of number 13. And it's already been talked about, so the final chapter. Dude, can't say enough good about it. Do you have a favorite, like, moment from it? <laughs> um, I love, well, any of the, oh, fuck, what's his name? Um, God damn it. Uh, Crispin Glover. Any of his stuff, like his dance moves where he was dancing to black and black, but they changed the music. But his just like weird, like impulsive, like he's just like shaking his arms around and she's all into it. One of my favorite kills, I think, is the double mint twins. It's the one that's outside and she gets speared and then just speared to the wall. Yeah, it's a really good one. I The kills are top in this. They're very good. Yeah, Crispin Glover is kind of psychotic in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Oh, very much. It's just, uh, he thinks I'm a dead fuck. He thinks it's a funny thing that he's doing there. <laughs> I like the Crystal Lake memories where they're talking about just how bizarre he was the whole shoot. I also want to real quick mention, because we didn't mention it before, Corey Feldman at that age reacting to seeing a naked lady is the 100% accurate way that a boy that age would react. Of just overly joyful to the fact of, like, you're jumping around on your bed, you're, like, throwing yourself all around to the point of, like, you're missing most of the show that you're all excited about, but you're just so overly excited that it's just, like, I can't help myself. Yeah, and I love that Corey Feldman's, like, Tommy Jarvis is based on Tom Savini. Yeah, where he's, like, the mask creator and stuff. I enjoy that as well. And they brought back Cervini. I don't buy that this kid can make it for a second, the stuff that he's doing, but it's great. And the fact that they brought back Cervini for this movie, so the effects are fucking top-notch. Oh, definitely. Uh, number 12. My number 12, going from one slasher icon to another... Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Oh, very nice. Um, very much enjoy this movie. I, it's one that grew has grown on me as time has gone on. See, I always liked this one. This one was good. It, five, you know, I'm not huge on, but yeah, I really like four a lot. I used to get very annoyed by Jamie, Daniel Harris. I never minded Jamie, and when I was younger, I kind of liked the end. I'm like oh, this girl's going to be the shape now. I kind of liked it. I won't lie. Yeah, and then the did number five that ruined everything is one of the worst Halloween movies of the entire franchise. But Definitely. coming around, she is actually really good in this movie. The next one, it's annoying, but I can also just chalk that up to it's a bad script. 
I also love four because it's our first taste of batshit Loomis. Oh, yeah. No! No! <laughs> <laughs> I won't spoil in case you haven't seen it. I won't give the exact one. At the end, there's like, oh, oh, holy shit. I guess I already said it. Yeah, already Jamie said- kills her, her mom. I forgot. And Loomis goes to shoot her, but doesn't, <laughs> but realizes, like, oh, no, it's all happening again. She's even in a clown costume, just killed her mom and everything. Is just sitting at the bottom of the stairs, moaning no <laughs> over and over. And it's amazing. It's the perfect ending to a movie. Also, we get, like, Loomis doing stunts. He's jumping away from exploding gas stations. He's drinking with, like, weird preachers going down the road singing hymns. Yeah. <laughs> I also love Invisible Man Michael at the beginning, where he's all bandaged, like, completely. Yeah, I actually like the look of that, Michael. It, that, oh, I do too. That mask looks better than the actual mask they use in the movie. Yeah, you're not wrong. Also, can I point out how weird it is, though, all the people who dress up as Michael Myers and Haddonfield in this movie? Oh, yeah, it's like you are It's like you live in Plainfield, Wisconsin, and you dress up as Ed Gein for Halloween. It's not going to be taken very lightly. Not even that, though, because this is only a few years later. This is like if your town had a massacre, and let's say, like, even eight years later, you dress up as said killer and, like, are walking around in masks with you and your buddies scaring the police. Like, family still lives there that went through this. Yeah, like, it's bizarre. But yeah, that's my number 12 Halloween 4. Uh, well, my number 12 is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Fuck yes. Tear it all down! <laughs> Music is my life! <laughs> Man, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. We're getting into the gold of this episode right here. All of this stuff forward, I feel like. Man, look. Here's the thing. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in contention for the greatest horror movie of all time. No one, I think, can really argue that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 should be terrible and I should hate it, but it is so damn fun. I love it. Everything about this movie, look, I won't lie to you. I watched Texas Chainsaw 2 more than the original. Oh yeah, well it's it's a lot more fun than the original. I like people know and you know, Greg, the first one's my favorite horror movie of all time. But yeah. two is one that you can put on and I like have such fun with. Dude, just the beginning, the people on the car phone and Leatherface is on a truck, like, with a body, like, wearing a body like an apron with the arms tied behind his neck. It's just, you know it's, this is a different kind of Texas Chainsaw from the get-go. Oh, do you know who that body is? Who? That's the hitchhiker from the first one. Oh, no shit, I never caught that. Yeah, I forget what, I saw somewhere, like, one of the documentaries, or someone was talking about it, and they're like, oh yeah, that's, um, I think his name was Nubbins or something, but, yeah, it's Nubbins the zombie, or the body, but, um, yeah, that's the original hitchhiker, that they just, I guess, the family keeps them around, like they would. Yeah, definitely, they keep a lot we see in this movie. Also, introducing Bill Mosley. Yeah, which, holy shit, I mean, one of, anytime you see Bill Mosley show up in a horror movie, you're like, oh, yes, you know. Yeah, this went up a notch or two. And you got Jim Seidel back. 
Yes, you did, which is crazy that they have him back in this movie. Because he is my favorite character out of every Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. He's my favorite character uh, from one and two. Oh, it's not Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> Can I love their face? <laughs> <laughs> but I love in this one where he's like the uh, chili, he wins like a chili cook off, and he's like the number one, like cook in all of texas and he's like i won i won we won again and he's like he has the chili like filled into the cup of like the trophy and it's spilling everywhere and then chop top and leatherface calls like what did you do do it was you on the highway wasn't (laughs) it's another like look what your brother did to the door Everything about this movie, the fact that no one has pinned them down as the killers from the first one is just wild in itself. But we'll we'll do an episode because we'll sit here and talk about this movie for 20 minutes. Yeah, just like I want to mention real quick, Caroline Williams as Stretch. Oh, hell yeah. So good. Uh, Dennis Hopper, I believe this is the first movie he did after coming back from rehab. And everyone, like his manager and everyone's like, do not do this movie. And he's like, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. And he fucking chews the scenery. Dude, the chainsaw test is forever. Like, (laughs) if I'm in a bad mood, I will watch the scene of him testing out the chainsaws and I will cheer right up. Just that old guy's reaction. Like, ooh, ooh, (laughs) 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 what do you got for number 11? Number 11, as I said, we're getting into the gold of these lists. The Toxic Avenger. Oh, very nice. Yes. We did a whole episode on it, and this movie is the wor- one of the worst movies of all time, and one of the best movies of all time, somehow in the same movie. It's somehow extremely brutal and very funny, simultaneously. And heartwarming at the same time. Yeah, where there's going from, like... Ten minutes ago, we saw a car run over a child's head, and they cheered for it. Now the Toxic Avenger is making a home for his family, and they're dancing and having a romantic date. I just want to listen to your body talk. (laughs) Body talk. Man, this movie's so fun. Look, if we don't get this, we don't get anything trauma. I know it's not the first trauma movie, but the way we know trauma today... You do not get without the Toxic Avenger. No, where the Toxie is the mascot of Troma. Very fitting. Like, very deserving, yeah. so. And I'm very intrigued to see what happens with this whole reboot coming out. I believe this year. I'm eagerly awaiting it. I don't know if I'm excited for it or not. I'm excited for it just simply because you know it means that Lloyd Kaufman got a nice check. Yeah, you know what? If that's what it means. I'm I'm all here for it. Yeah, where Uncle Lloyd gets a good check and he keeps doing what he's doing. We hope we hope so. You know, do this for another ten years, Lloyd. Definitely. What's your eleven? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Oh, excellent movie! I got to see it on the big screen last year. Yeah, which I was so jealous about, and you got to meet Brown Panties. I did, and I'm actually been in contact with her lately. I don't care, I'll say it. (laughs) She should be coming on soon. Yeah, which I cannot wait. And I even love how you said, oh yeah, because I mentioned, uh, because you said uh, who was at that screening that you went to, and I had to think for a minute. I was like, I can't think of that character. And you're like, brown panties. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, her. And you're like, oh yeah, and she like embraces it. Where at her table, she had them. 
Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this movie's really fun. I don't like the opening for obvious reasons. I think the franchise doesn't like the opening yeah. for obvious reasons, and they wish they would have did it different. Other than that, though, solid movie. I love it. So do I. Like you said, that opening, it's just so weird. It makes really no sense with the rest of the franchise, because Jason, like, traveled for hours and hours to hunt Alice down, and then traveled back. Did he drive? Did he walk all that way? How the fuck- And he whistles! He's whistling! Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it makes no sense. But I love- Why doesn't he whistle in more movies? (laughs) I love the group of kids in this one. They might be my favorite group of, like, camp counselors. Uh, I love that Crystal Lake is already- like this lore thing of like the one couple, my favorite couple of the entire franchise. So many of these couples are just so generic and they're just stuck together because stories said so. These two actually legitimately feel like a couple. Yeah. But they go, they're like, Oh no, let's go explore crystal Lake. And then like, we get the great, um, cop chase scene where the cops driving down the dirt road and Jason like runs across the road really quick and we get Jason's house, the only real uh, uh, appearance of that. Yeah, definitely. And Amy Steele as Jenny is one of my favorite final girls of all time. Like, she's badass. I can't believe, like, they never did much else with her. Yeah, I wish they would have done more. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, anyone who pisses themselves is fine with Jason, but then pisses himself over a rat is a-okay in my book. That always gets a laugh out of me. <laughs> Number 10, thankfully for time, when we already talked about The Thing. Oh, very nice. Can't argue with that at all. Like we already said, uh, amazing special effects, top-notch. Yeah, I think what my favorite thing about The Thing is, is just the sense of dread that you have for all these guys the second it starts. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, once you know what's happening, it's like, they can't leave. Like, I'm even thinking, like, a moral, like, standpoint. I'm like, they can't leave here. They're going to doom the world. Like, luckily, it's Antarctica. Like, if it was anywhere else, the world's gone. Exactly. If It's not only the fact that they're so isolated because they're in Antarctica. Like you said, they can't leave because if they do, the thing's going to take over the entire world almost immediately. Yeah, and so it's just this sense of impending dread, like, doom on all of them that, like, it really, like, amps it up for you. And it's it's inevitable what's going to happen, but you're just waiting for how we get there. Yeah, like we said at the very end, it's not even like it's a happy ending. I'm guessing it's just those two waiting for each other to die. <laughs> yeah, one of them's the thing, one of them's not, and they're both going to die. Yeah. Yeah, that's my number 10. What do you got? Um, I top have 10. Top 10. I have Maniac. Oh, I was wondering if this would show up. Yeah, Joe Spinell, holy shit, and this movie is so good. Oh, it's okay. Like, all of his weird little voices where he's, like, this, like, insane killer who's, like, just super brutal, but then goes into these weird, almost sing-song voices. And then, like, he tries to have a normal life and then just immediately breaks down on a date in front of his mother's grave and tries to kill the woman. Again, this woman had no sense of self-preservation, though, because he just shows up at her house like, I saw you taking pictures of me in the park, and lets him into her house. She's lucky if she's alive. Yeah, and uh, we covered this episode pretty early on in the podcast. Definitely go back and listen to us all talk about it there. But 
Joe Spinell is Frank Zito. How many times have we brought him up as different examples in all these uh, episodes? Like, he became one of those. <laughs> He's disgusting, and I don't mean Frank Zito is. Like, Frank, I mean, I don't mean Joe Spinell is. I mean, Frank Zito, played by Joe Spinell, is just so disturbing and disgusting. There's something grimy about him. But, like, still, like, he's almost like the mind of a kid. It's so weird, and I love this movie. Yeah, it's, um, you want to talk about, like, a great, like, grindhouse 80s movie? This would go along great with, like, uh, let me see what's on my list. Or the, uh, like, he's Sleepaway Camp, I would think this would almost go along with. Or maybe, like, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I see people double feature in this and Henry a lot. Yeah. Which, holy shit, that's a brutal night. I kind of need a palate cleanser in there somewhere. I can't go from maniac to, like, I can't go from worse to worse worse. <laughs> yeah, that's not healthy. No. It's like, okay, after that, I'm going to watch uh, Cannibal Holocaust and then Cam- Cannibal Ferox. And <laughs> yeah, like, it's just acting to want to die. But, holy shit, amazing performances. Can't say enough about it. Yeah, my number nine, again, also mentioned already, Texas Chainsaw 2. Very nice. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because we'll be here for an hour. But yeah, that's my number nine. That is going to be one that needs an episode soon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Get it out of our system. Uh, Well, my number one, Brian, is brain damage. Wait, you're number one? Oh, sorry, number nine. (laughs) Okay. I, I got confused. Sorry, my number nine is brain damage. <laughs> With the great Zachary. Once again, I don't know how many times during this episode I can say this, but can't say enough good things about Zachary. His voice is fucking phenomenal. Um, the, it's so funny, too, the fact of, like, Frank Henenlotter was such a huge Zachary fan and saw that, oh, look, he's, I can hire him. But his fee was so low that he just immediately doubled it. Of like, no, you need double this amount of money. And the fact that he was even good enough to leave his name off the movie in the 80s so he didn't have to get like... There was some kind of weird SAG thing going on where he would have gotten in trouble if he had done the movie. So they just yeah, kept his name. Yeah, because it was a non-union movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, brain damage is great. Like, even like the weird paranoid old couple, like, <laughs> give him back! He's mine! Like... Dude, it's great. A-Y-L-M-E-R. A-Elmer. And I love the whole story about the Elmers, like, throughout the entire um, history of the world. Of, it's like Alexander the Great had an Elmer. Like, <laughs> it was nominated for the Throbby Awards for year one for best kill with the weird blowjob kill. <laughs> and, yeah, we got some great Hen and Lauder, like, mainstays back. We got, um... Zorro, the pimp from Frankenhooker, is in this one as Muscle Man, Muscle Man and Shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. No one's gonna fuck with you in here. Hey, man, why don't you chill out? <laughs> Dude, I love the effects when Elmer kills people in this movie. It's just like a spitting thing attached to their forehead. It's great, though. Yeah, and I love how um, Brian, the entire time, is like, because he's high off of Elmer's juice, it's like, what's going on? It's like, oh, nothing much. Brains are pretty good. Little underdone. And just, and we covered brain damage on an early episode of Throbbing with Horror. Definitely check that out. The last thing I'm going to say about it is I love Elmer's reveal of Brian's like, I know someone's in here. Reveal yourself. You hear like suction cup noises and whatnot. And then this weird, like brain eating slug creature appears on his shoulder. And he's just, hi. 
Dude, the movie's so fun. I I need to rewatch it. I believe not to, not day of release, day of recording. I think it's the anniversary of brain damage today. Oh no shit. Oh yeah, it yeah, is. I'm pretty sure it was released today. It, it yeah, was. Day of recording, not when you're listening, but yeah. Yeah, so definitely check out Brain Damage if you've never seen it. And if you've never heard of Zachary, Google John Zachary and just have fun. Yeah. My number eight look, I I would almost guarantee you it's also in your top ten. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh yes, it has to go in a top ten. Dude. Look, I feel terrible for everyone involved making this movie. It sounds like it was hell on earth to make, but holy shit, did we get an incredible movie out of it. Like, holds up so well today. I don't even know what I can attribute it to. I guess just the directing, but the score is perfect. Shelley Duvall is... Look, again, <laughs> I feel so weird saying it, because I know she went like through hell making it, but holy shit, like, do I feel like she feels watching it, like, in the best way. Like, she really conveys, like, what the fuck is going on here and everything. Nick Jack Nicholson is just, like, top-notch in this. Great. Red rum! Red rum! <laughs> I'm not gonna hurt you, honey. I told you, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm just gonna bash them right the fuck in! Yeah, dude, I would not want a job like that. Just, like, stay in this abandoned place all winter. I feel like I'd go that way. Oh, God, we remember at the beginning of quarantine in 2020, and everyone started sharing the shining memes of, like, oh, a couple weeks locked with the family? What's the worst that could happen? It's just Jack Nicholson, like, smiling manically. So if you want to think about it, we, in a way, went through it, but at least we could still go out and, like, get McDonald's, I guess. Yeah, look, I'm not going to say anything any of you don't know or already thought about The Shining, but yeah, The Shining, that's my number eight. Very nice. Um, My number eight is Friday the 13th Part 6, my third Friday the 13th movie on this list. I'm not going to complain about Part 6 in the slightest. Dude, the one scene for me, I don't know what yours is, mm-hmm. that can sum up how epic this movie is, is Jason standing on an <laughs> overturned RV that he just murdered the, like people inside of it dude you see that and it's like this is after final chapter so this is after last human jason this is our first what we know as jason today zombie undead unkillable monster and you just see that and i'm like oh this is perfect this is what i want a million movies of yeah undead jason standing on top of a burning rv after just like brutally killing a teenager listening to alice Cooper. cooper Yes, that's what makes it so great, isn't it? And killing his girlfriend by shoving her face into the wall so hard. It's like a perfect mask of it comes out the other side. Like, yeah, this was this is probably my very first horror movie I remember loving. Like, this is my VHS tape that I still have, but I can't watch it anymore because it is so worn out from repeated viewings of just every single day putting it on and sometimes multiple times a day where I remember mom being like, don't you want to watch something else, Brett? And me being like, no, Friday the 13th part six. Oddly, I believe the only Friday the 13th with no nudity too. fun fact. Yeah. And you don't miss it whatsoever in this. It's not like part five where like half of what makes that movie kind of awesome is like, oh, there's a boob every like five minutes or something, you know, and just the over like sleaziness of it. it's like, oh, my God, they went fucking over the top. This one almost part went, five like, just softcore porn. And it was directed by a porn director. So it makes sense. Yeah. 
But, um, yeah, part six is just fun. Tom McLaughlin, like, I still follow him on Facebook, and supposedly he's written a sequel that, of course, who knows what's ever going to happen to it. But he's like, I want to do it. We all know what will happen to it. Absolutely nothing. But I'd love to see it. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about this movie. From the Frankenstein beginning of where how they bring Jason back to the very end when they're fighting in the lake. Oh, yeah. It's so great. Well, what do you got for number seven? Cry, little sister. You knew this was showing up. Yeah. Here. Fucking Lost Boys. I, would, I knew it was showing up somewhere. I wasn't sure where yet. So... <laughs> Are you shocked it wasn't number one? But yeah, no, dude, it's The Lost Boys. I love this movie so much. This is a multi-time year watch for me. Like, I watched this throughout the year. I finally watched the sequels to it. I don't know if I am proud of that decision, but that's how much I love this movie. I've watched the mate straight-to-DVD sequels that came out in the 2000s. Which I want to see those still. Oh, don't worry. I'm planning, like, when we do this thing we talked about where we knock out a bunch that are never streaming in person at once, one of those is going on there. Very nice. Good. But, yes, The Lost Boys, if you ask me, is the quintessential 80s movie. I don't think you can get more 80s without being fake than The Lost Boys. Yeah, I I know what you kind of mean there. Yeah, it's just everything about it. It's something special that I can never get enough of. No joke, like, if I just finished watching it, I went to someone's house and they were watching The Lost Boys. I would not ask them to put something else on. Damn. I mean, I remember liking this movie, but yeah, I know you have a love for it. I just, every time I think about this movie, I just think of Michael. <laughs> yeah, so do I, but I love it. Yes. It's just great. Once again, Corey Feldman cleaning house in this list. Yeah, really? All right, what well, you got? Number seven. Uh, number seven, Day of the Dead. Dude, eight. I won't lie. Spoilers, it didn't make my list. It came really close a couple of times, though. It's not... Of course, it's not anywhere near a perfect movie. It's not my favorite Romero movie. That's Night of Living Dead. But I can't put that one on here, because that's a 60s one. Um, but Correct. the fucking gore in this is just so awesome. And I love how it's basically, like, this is after, like, Day of the Dead, and they're still uh, after Dawn of the Dead, I'm sorry. And they're still trying to kind of do stuff, and everyone's kind of just starting to, oh, we're hunkered down for a little bit, and then everything will be okay. This seems like it's been going on for a little while now, of like, they're still trying to find a cure. You got Dr. Frankenstein in the basement just doing weird experiments on zombies. Like, I love, like, the general dies, and he takes off his entire head, except for just, like, leaving the brain. Because they're like, what happened to General so-and-so? And he just points at the table, where there's just, like, a corpse moving that's just a brain. <laughs> yeah. It's cool because the first few like of the deads were all specifically themed. At least you could definitely read into that. Night of the Living Dead has a very like in your face like racism theme, whether people want to talk about it or not. It definitely does. Dawn of the Dead like is the whole consumerism thing, you know, like in the mall and everything. Then Day of the Dead is really like about militarism and stuff like that. It's really cool how Romero could use zombies to tell a different type of story each go out that he did with it. Yeah, and I also love how so much of it is like there's the um main like army guy that takes over. I'm drawing a blank on his name at the second. But there's him and there there's also scientist lady. 
And I love it's those two going like head button heads the entire time where then he even starts to like try to be misogynistic again. And she's having none of it. Cause I think he even says something about like, Oh, why don't you go back to the kitchen or something? And it's not like she just flips out at him. She has like the perfect, like little smart alecky comment to throw back at him that just like kills him so much more than if she was like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have nothing against David. It just didn't make mine. But my one of my standout ones is when they go down to Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory and the one zombie sets up and all of its guts fall out. Oh, it's great, isn't it? And it shows you like the evolution of like just cinema, honestly. Like if you follow the Romero movies from the first one to this, like holy shit, this is where we're at now. Yeah. And that one and at the very end when the zombies take over the facility and Captain Rhodes opens up the door and there's all the zombies and he just does a with the big, like huge expression on his face. And then Bub fucking shoots him, which I love Bub the zombie. And he falls over, and then they tear his legs off. And I love just the, the joke on him! Joke on him! <laughs> and he dies. It's like, oh, that's fucking hardcore. <laughs> I mean, that's a cool way to go out, though. Yeah, that's one of my top like deaths that I remember very vividly is that one. And just how great it is with that line added to it. Alright, my number six. Look, we already got the three, the third. You knew this first one was coming because I'm not putting the fucking second on here. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, I guess that little movie that I, I don't like. even act like a Nightmare on Elm Street wasn't a huge, whether you like it or not, cultural touchstone <laughs> in horror, dude. Like almost everything changed after this. Like people who didn't like horror all of a sudden were like, you know what? Maybe there's something to the slasher stuff. Like. This movie is great. I love the concept of this movie so much. And I wish they would have kept with just this concept a little longer, as I said in a recent episode. Like, just something that can kill you in your sleep, and the only way to avoid is to stay awake. Something I notoriously have trouble doing, like, is a, no pun intended, nightmare to me. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and I, I honestly think I would have enjoyed this entire series a lot more is if they would have kept it as brutal as the first one is. There's no slapsticky jokes. Freddy doesn't have the power glove, you know? Oh, God. I know. No, he already does kind of have, like, wisecracky, but still scary when he does it in this one. Like, he still does the stuff, like, where he cuts off his own finger and laughs and stuff, but it's terrifying, not so much, like, just making commercial puns. But that's brutal. It's not him pretending be, to be the Wicked Witch of the West, being like, I'm gonna get you, you're pretty! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. even though I give it shit, I cannot argue the, like, amount of, uh, what, what word do I want to say? The influence this movie has had on the genre. Oh yeah, I, I love this first one. I watch it a good bit. It's just great. Uh, Johnny Depp, Blood Volcano. Yes! And the body bag in school when it's just like oh, yeah. getting drugged. Being drugged by nothing? The clear yeah. body bag. And like she's like pawing at it like Nancy. <laughs> it's like fucking creepy. Oh yeah. What's your number six? Uh, Do you want a party? I got Return of the Living Dead. You don't know how happy that makes me to hear. Oh man, this movie, you know my love of this movie. Fuck yeah. Holy shit. This movie 
is this movie and one other movie is the- oh shit did i spoil my my list oh i don't know i didn't hear it <laughs> I, I said oh you know my love this movie oh shit did i spoil well, what i'm having coming up this is one that i figured it's almost like the shining of, I knew it was going to be on your list. This one, I knew Return of the Living Dead was going to be on your list, because how often do we talk about this? It's so good. This movie, I think, look, Sacrilege, I'm not saying it's the best, so don't come at me, internet people. This is my favorite zombie movie of all time. I think it's the most fun zombie movie of all time. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Night of the Living Dead's amazing, but if you're not in a certain mood for that kind of movie you're not going to really want to watch it. Return of the Living Dead is always a good time. It's a party movie. Oh, dude, it's just a bunch of, like, over-the-top, like, annoying punks <laughs> and a weird group of funeral workers fighting off the undead. And people don't realize how smart, like, how influential this movie was, too. Sorry, I don't mean to be taking up all the no, conversation no, yeah. on this one. But, like, everything that we think of zombies, a lot of it traces back to here. Just like Night of the Living Dead, like, with... They're not voodoo zombies anymore. They're the undead. This, like, zombies saying brains and stuff like that all comes from Return of the Living Dead. It's the first case of any of that stuff. Yeah, Tar Man saying brains is, like, I think the only, one of the only times a zombie says brains in a horror movie. Yeah, and, like, that's still, like, culturally what people go name some stuff about zombies. Oh, brains! That's what they're gonna say. It's all from Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah, uh, the Simpsons do a Treehouse of Horror episode with zombies in it. The zombies say brains. It comes from this. <laughs> yeah, and, uh-oh, trash is taking off her clothes again. <laughs> Look, let, I'm just gonna leave it there. Oh, yeah, that Linnea Quigley dance scene was very influential in my growing up. Yeah, <laughs> this movie's and what a nihilistic ending too to this movie. Oh, Holy shit! I fucking love it. They just nuke everyone. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad we haven't done this yet because I don't know what the hell I do for Count of the Dead on that movie. Everybody, <laughs> it's like how many people are in a town? It's like at least two thousand. Count of the Dead. Everyone we see, just tally up every human we see in the movie. Yeah. There we go. Yes. <laughs> But I love even, like, suicide. He's like, whoa, people think this is a costume? It's a way of life! Like, I love over-the-top punks in movies. Oh, yeah, and I think they knew they were being over-the-top and ridiculous when they made this and all that. Well, and I love suicides talking to, like, the only reason you assholes hang out with me is because I have a car. <laughs> yeah, which I think it's right. Yeah. Does he have his name, like, spray-painted on the front of the car? Yeah, it's suicide spray-painted on the front of the car. And they're they're going to kill time until Freddy, Tom Matthews, is done with uh, his um shift at, like, the medical supply warehouse. So they're like, oh, look, a cemetery. That'll kill some time. <laughs> <laughs> but also, just Tom Matthews in this movie, as, as well as, like, Friday the 13th Part 6, he's one of my, now that I've met Kane Hodder, he's one of my new top people I want to meet. Dude, this movie's perfect. It's just a fucking awesome time. The soundtrack rules. Oh, I put it on once in a while. Yeah. I just listened to the soundtrack to the, the zombies are funny. Like, I love the one zombie. They're, like, eating the paramedics, and he hears the radio, so he goes to <laughs> it. He's like, send more paramedics <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well you think my last pick pissed you off with the nightmare 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here comes fucking Predator. Oh, God, no! Yep, number five, Predator. Okay, okay, so I'm sorry, everyone, this list is a sham. Nope, number five, Predator. It is my fifth favorite 80s horror movie of all time. Not of all time, of the 80s, yeah. Jesus, Greg. Nightmare, I can give you, because I kind of understand that. Predator is not a horror movie. You are in the very dwindling camp on this. Look, I know it's action horror 100%. What I think is brilliant about Predator is instead of, like, small teenagers being frightened, you take the most jacked-up, muscle-bound, like, bros, like, that aren't afraid of anything, and you make them your bitch? That's fucking terrifying. It's like a bunch of bro dudes are, like, chest-bumping the whole time. Oh, yeah, I'm not denying that. That's what, like, I love about it, and that's what he's picking off and killing. But you just wait. It might be sooner than you think. That's all I'm saying. I'm dreading whenever we have to cover that movie, because The Room is more of a horror movie than Predator. The Room is horrible, but not a horror movie. (laughs) The Terminator is more of a horror movie than Predator. I don't know if I'd argue that too much, to be honest. I don't know. You might be right. Uh, this has been an ongoing well, thing. Do my list. Everyone knows my feelings on this movie, I guess you call it. You just wait. It's going to be a fun time. Ugh. So wh- what number on your list is Predator for you? Oh, it, 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 a thousand. <laughs> Pee-wee's, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure comes before Predator on my top 80s horror movie list. Dude, my whole, like, um, clarifications at the beginning wasn't for the audience, it was for you. Oh, Look, I, Predator's going on here. That's what I'm saying all these things at the beginning for. I knew it was going to be on there somewhere. I was just wondering where. Dude, I love this movie so much. They're like, I I watch this one all the time. It's I can quote almost every line from the movie, like, in order. It's one of those movies. So, it's, yep. It's, it's not coming a up tumor. real soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> okay. Well, my number five, a real number five, is Basket Case. Okay. I talked about it already. I love this movie. Yeah, we already... I, I, I should stop saying that because, yeah, it's my top 25. Yeah. I don't like all these, of course. Yeah, but we already t- touched on it. Um, This is a movie that we're saving for, like... This was like Plan 9 from Outer Space. Of I immediately wanted to do it, but I had to hold myself back some. I'm still holding myself back with Basket Case, because I want to do it so badly. But I also just want to be like, make it a special one. Yeah, that'll be a fun time. Dude, Basket Case, I talked on it earlier, but it's one of those movies I feel like doesn't get the love that it deserves, to be honest. though, If I look at a lot of the things that got real big from this time... It's up there with them. I don't get why more people don't know it. Yeah, it's it, you have to go a couple levels into horror, it seems, to get to it. Yeah. Like, no one's like, when they're just mentioning horror movies, is mentioning Basket Case, that they're not a diehard. Which, uh, speaking of like when we interviewed Terry Susan Smith um, from Basket Case, and I mentioned, like, oh, I love this movie. Like, I put it on all the time. Like, if I don't know what to watch, I'll put it on. I'll watch it, like, a couple times a month. And she's like, really? Why? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, now I'm interviewing you. What do you like so much about this? And I was just like, ooh, now I get to tell, like, someone from the movie why I love the thing so much. How much time do we have? <laughs> 
Alright, so I may have upset you with my last pick, and the pick before that, and possibly the pick before that, but I think you're going to like this one. Maybe. West, Herbert West, Reanimator, Ooh. is my number four. You were saying to see if we synced up on any of them? My number four is Reanimator. Oh, good! Close to the top, you called it. Yeah, so I guess we can both talk about this. Reanimator is one of the best movies ever made. A movie, uh, this movie and Return of the Living Dead both did the same thing right before the movie. And they started shooting, and I wish every movie did it. Uh, they rehearsed for an entire week. They just ran it through like a play, just over and over again, to the point of it came, became almost second nature, and the movies acted like people would actually act together. It's not stiff, wooden dialogue. It's like they have this awesome flow with all of them. Oh, definitely. It's so great. I think like the trio of like Herbert West, Dan, and Meg all work so great as our three main characters. And then when you put Dr. Hill is really like, <laughs> and I don't mean this as an insult, like a mustache twirling villain for them. Like it's, it's such like a classic dynamic that they have here. Like the, our trio, two of them in fighting, one of them's a couple. And then this guy against them, it's a classic story and it's done so well that I don't think anyone can deny. It. And to take it to the horror side of things, the body horror, like, grabbing you intestines and bodies coming back to life is so good. Oh yeah, and the fact that the, like, the main villain is literally like a body that's carrying its head around separately. It's fucking awesome. And I love it like West. Like, I love so many lines in this movie. There's so many uh, for, like super memorable lines. Um, just the fact that like Barbara Crampton is such a great sport and a team player and just like believed in this where like, okay, I'll let the severed head give me head. Yeah. And you know what? This movie is perfect. And so anyone involved in this can really be proud of it. Yeah. Very so, like, much. Even so. if you're in that scene and you know what? She's never backed down from it. She's always been like a fan of reanimator. And you know what? Her and Jeffrey Combs have worked together so many times, why wouldn't she be? Oh, those two, like, they show up again, I think, what was it, in uh, the uh, the Beyond, I think they show up Castle in Freak. Castle Freak. Those two together are amazing. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, well, that was both of our number four was yeah. Reanimator. Look, what a great movie to line up on, too. Yeah, honestly. Definitely. And I knew that at least one or two of these we most likely would line up on. And you want to talk about a rewatchability this is a movie I've rewatched several times a year. Oh, me too. I just did a full watch through the series thanks to you. Let me borrow Beyond, but yeah, it's I I love this. And it's one that even though like Beyond Reanimator isn't really that great, Herbert West is still amazing. Oh, definitely. He's just missing some of the charm from those first two. Yeah. What was I supposed to do? Leave a note. Dead cat. Cat dead. Details later. <laughs> <laughs> My number three. Was mentioned. Hmm? I can't believe it was as low as it was for you. Is Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Oh, very nice. Man, everything I said about it there, again. Like I said, sum it up. Jason standing on a burning RV after <laughs> killing people to Alice Cooper. The paintball scene is great. Being Frankenstein back to life by idiot Tommy Jarvis thinking like he has to see the body. But <laughs> whatever. I'm glad he did it. Yeah. This is great. Beginning to end, honestly, even the way they end it, which is becomes the classic Friday ending, yeah. drown him in the lake and keep him down there. But 
that's where this all starts is part six. You gotta dig them up! You gotta dig them up! <laughs> dig them up? Who do they think I am? Some kind of a fart head? Yes! <laughs> so what's your number three, since we already talked about Friday? Um, also talked about my number three already, The Shining. Okay. Perfect. Like we already said there, I mean, there's not much more that you can say about The Shining that hasn't already been said a million times, and we haven't already said on this episode. Yeah. All right, so you're number so, two. Again, we didn't say this was going to happen, so sorry for the anticlimactic, but again, mentioned already, Return of the Living Dead is uh, my second favorite 80s horror movie of all time. Cannot argue with that at all. Fucking... Like we already said about so much of of it. It's classic. It's a great time anytime you watch it. There's so much going on with it. Also, me and you are a fan of punk rock. So I think that kind of helps it as well. Oh, yeah. Everything is so, such fun in this movie. Like, there's not really like a waste of minute. Even like what you could say is slow, the beginning and everything. The dialogue is so fun and filmed in that same way, like Reanimator and everything that like, I'm just having fun watching these people act with each other, even though nothing's happening. Well, I love the um, scene where they're all running around the um, morgue or like the uh, funeral home. And it's like, they're just playing like punk rock music, like underneath while it's just them running around boarding up windows. Yeah. Then I can feel myself rot. Oh, did that line alone is creepy right there. Oh yeah. Like that being (laughs) dead is painful and everything. Oh, I don't like it. Brain, but I love it. Brains make the pain go away. <laughs> What's your number two, Brett? Uh, number two is The Evil Dead. Excellent movie. Um, for it, uh, this is I remember my middle school friend Chris showed me this, and I was like, "How have I never seen this movie before?" And immediately became obsessed with the entire series. Of like, I remember them being like, oh yeah, I've seen Army of Darkness. I didn't know there were other ones. And then I revisit, I've got to watch all of them. And it's just a solid, great series. I love how like the first one is just so serious, really. It's kind of a straightforward horror movie of, um, I, it, and Bruce Campbell's not, he, I, he's the kind of the main person, but he's still kind of weakling Ash in this. It's not until the later ones that he fully becomes himself. But I love like the claymation melting scenes. Um, I can't really say I love the tree scene, but it's interesting. It's iconic, I'll say that. I remember showing my mom this movie in middle school and they got to the tree scene and mom just being like, oh, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, so I love the Evil Dead. The only thing like that holds it back a little bit for me is Ash isn't Ash yet. You know what I mean? Right. Like I think if they would have had Ash be Ash and Evil Dead, it would have been I always say another how do I tiptoe around this? Um, I think it would have been just as good as two for me. Right. But yeah, Evil Dead One is still a fucking masterpiece. Everything about it. Like, I can't believe they were able to pull this off. Like these young kids the way that they did. <laughs> I think so. Another reason I love it so much is that it is, it was such a like fuck of a shoot to do of, they had such a hard time making this movie. It was made for like almost no money. It's a passion project. And I think that's another reason I just love it so much. Definitely. I know exactly what you mean. All right. So real quick, before we do our number ones, 
Here's some people you might know. We asked them, hey, what's your top three? Here they are. They've been on the show before. Hey, it's Brandon, and uh, this is a hard one because there's so many great 80s horror movies. I'm going to have to go The Changeling, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, and uh, They Live because They Live is pretty hilarious, and I love it. Hey, what's up? This is Corey. Greg and Brent have asked me to do the impossible task of whittling down all the 80s horror movies I love to my top three. Well, I don't listen, so I'm giving you four. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Evil Dead 2, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and Reanimator. Suck it, Greg. Kaiju Bukaki forever. What's up, all you horror punks and zombies? It's Razor Rob, aka Two Step and Dad, coming at you with uh, the loaded question of three favorite horror movies from the 80s, asked by Greg of the Dead and Brett from Dimension Z. Um, first up would be 1985's Day of the Dead. Uh, this movie's always stuck with me. <clears throat> I think it's Romero's masterpiece in his uh, Dead trilogy or Dead Chronicles. Uh, after that would be 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I have a Nightmare on Elm Street tattoo on my arm for crying out loud, so that should explain everything. And after that would be 1981's My Bloody Valentine. <clears throat> if you want to hear about my opinion on My Bloody Valentine, please check out the Throbbing with Horror episode on My Bloody Valentine from this past year's Valentine's Day. Thank you for tuning in, and catch you on the other dimension. Alright, thanks guys for sending that in, and that brings us to our number ones. Should we recap our list first? Yes, uh, you go first. Okay, my number twat. <laughs> it's been a long episode. My number twat. My number 25 was Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. 24, Class of Newcomb High. 23, Night of the Demons. 22, Friday the 13th, Part 4, The Final Chapter. 21, Basket Case. 20, Child's Play. 19, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. 18, American Werewolf in London. 17, Maniac Cop 2, 16, Fright Night, 15, Sleepaway Camp, 14, Gremlins, 13, The Fly, 12, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, 11, The Toxic Avenger, 10, The Thing, 9, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 8, The Shining, 7, The Lost Boys, 6, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 5, Predator, 4, Reanimator, 3, Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, 2, Return of the Living Dead, and number 1, Evil Dead 2. Very Shocking nice. nobody. Yeah. I mean, you think about an 80s movie, you think about Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, and anyone who's listened to the show knows that's my favorite horror movie of all time. So, sorry to, like, not have a bombshell of a number one. But, yeah, Evil Dead 2 is the perfect movie. So, that's my number one. Uh, Well, I'll go down through my list real quick. 25, Vampire's Kiss. 24, where Let's Buzz him with Slumber Party Massacre 2. And at number 23, we have Fright Night. Number 22 is the... How long will you let me do my Z Morning Zoo radio voice? I'll let you go the whole time. <laughs> Give me a break. This has been a long episode. And number 21, we got Demons. You better not go see that movie. Uh, number 20, we got Sleepaway Camp. I wonder what Angela's got to show you at the waterfront. I'm not doing this anymore. Um... Uh, 19, I got Psycho 2. 18, The Fog. Phantasm is 17. Phantasm 2 is 17. Uh, number 16 is The Thing. Number 15, we got Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. 14 is The Fly. 13 is Friday the 13th, Part 4, The Final Chapter. 
Uh, number 12 is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, 11 is Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, number 10 is Maniac. Uh, number 9 is Brain Damage. Number 8 is Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Uh, number 7 is Day of the Dead, Joe Gonham. Uh, number 6 is Return of the Living Dead. Uh, number 5 is Basket Case. Uh, number 4 is Reanimator. Number 3, my darling, the light of my life is The Shining. Number two, stay out of those woods, kids, is the Evil Dead. And number one is the Evil Dead 2. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, of all the numbers to line up on, I thought we were like four solid. That's pretty close to the top. We line up on number one. That makes me extremely happy. I was wondering if it was going to throw you off because Evil Dead was number two. These two, I can never 100% tell which is my favorite one. I'm usually lean a little bit more Evil Dead 2 for the reasons you said before of it's Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell. This is the Ash that we all know and love and has carried us into just a few years ago with Ash vs. Evil Dead. Slapsticky. If you love the Three Stooges, you're going to love Evil Dead 2. There's major influences in there. It's very funny, but also at times very gruesome and horrifying. Oh, dude, Henrietta. Oh, Henrietta. God, who's in my fruit cellar? <laughs> uh, dude, the eyeball pops out of her head and goes in the one girl's mouth. It's, <laughs> you have a random Pazuzu demon in there. Like, it's it's a wild time. Everything about it. Ash sawing his own hand off, and then we get the awesome montage of him making the chainsaw hand. Of It's all like the snap cuts and the... Boom, psh, and he finally puts the chainsaw on, starts it, just groovy. Fucking right through oh, yeah. where I come. Definitely. It's so good. Like, it's I don't think that you can make a movie better than Evil Dead 2, like as a horror movie ever. I don't think even if like it existed today, I think just something would be off. I don't think you could ever replicate it. And I love Army of Darkness. I love Evil Dead 2013. I love Ash vs. Evil Dead. They are all, I don't know if I'm saying they're all 10, but they're all damn near close to 10. At least some of them are. Yeah. Like, they're great. But something about Evil Dead 2 to me is just untouchable. I agree. Of just like, it's so fun. You go from like one of the standout scenes for me, and it's, you know, it's just a throwaway thing of when the entire house is going nuts and everything's laughing, and the one lamp is, like, going up and down, and Bruce Campbell looks at it, and he starts doing, like, the, like, knee bend, like, like, thing with it, and then just, like... The Steamboat Willie dance. Yeah, there's a split second of silence, and then he busts out back laughing, and everything else does, too. It's phenomenal. Oh, it's, it's, I can't say enough good things about it, but that was our top 25 horror movies of the eighties. Holy crap. (laughs) That was a long time. Let's wait a while until we do our next decade. Yeah. Let us know how much you hate our picks. Let us know what you think of our guests picks. Like, I hope you like some of them. What did we miss that should have been there? Believe me, there's a lot that I wish I could have put on here that came really close. Yeah, and what are your ideas? Uh, send them to our social medias and berate us about it. I love interaction. Yeah, exactly. That's all I got, dude. That's all I got. I cannot wait to do the next decade. I can't wait to do the 30s. 
Dude, I, if anything, what I hope this episode did for anybody, if there's any of these you haven't seen, I hope it gives someone something new to check out. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like a quick rundown of the movie. Some of them we've covered in length already. So if you're really interested, you can go back and listen to those episodes. And some of these, like we said, are 100% going to be done in the future. Oh, I'd say every movie we talked about will at least happen on here. Yes, except for maybe one. Oh no! <laughs> Believe me, I've been I've been biding my time on that since since episode one when I wasn't even permanently on the show. I have just been waiting and planning. It's coming. Well, you had a great idea with doing this, man. So everyone, uh, hands off! A round of applause to Greg of the Dead. This was his brainchild, and I just like making lists. So I said, sure. <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, unless you have anything else, man. Nope, I'm all talked out. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So we hope that our top 25 list of favorite 80s horror has left your brain throbbing with horror.